From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. DeLorean Podcast. I am your host, Mike De Niro. Before we get into the show, I want to thank all our fans from all over the world. Thank you for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Without you, there is no us. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't already, follow us on Twitter at Wrestling underscore DeLorean Pod. Follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Today we got a super stacked show for you guys. We had one of the biggest weekends in wrestling history. Friday we had an awesome SmackDown. And on Friday night we had the return of CM Punk. He is back in the wrestling business and he made the whole business melt down. That is in all though. Saturday we had a really good SummerSlam pay-per-view with a lot of newsworthy shit that went down. And then on Sunday, we had a really good NXT TakeOver. So today, we are talking about everything. So without further ado, let's get into the Superstack show right now. What's up, everybody? Thank you for letting me into your Monday morning routine. We appreciate you guys. I appreciate all my fans from all over the world, Mexico, Canada, Cambodia, we've been on the charts for Cambodia. Big shout out to Cambodia. Big shout out to the Philippines. Shouts to the UK, Ireland, Germany, Brazil, Australia. We got fans from all over the world, and I'm so humbled and thankful for all my fans. Thank you so much, y'all. We have quite possibly the biggest show that we ever had here on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. We're talking about everything that went down this past weekend, and boy, did a lot go down. So we're probably going to start in order last weekend we had a big wrestling weekend and we went backwards this weekend we're gonna go in order right so smackdown was a great show on friday smackdown that was the go-home show for SummerSlam. felt like a real go-home show wwe hasn't been able to do real good go-home shows for a while like on the raw side the raw side sucks ass right smackdown though on the other hand Really good go-home show from the interaction from uh, Edge and Seth Rollins, where Edge is in a dark place. He's in the brood again, and he gives Seth Rollins a brood bath. I guess they couldn't show blood, so it's no longer a blood bath, but it's a brood bath. Um, we had That was really cool, really cool to see the nostalgic stuff. When that fucking brood music hit, I feel like I was the only one that marked out because that crowd was silent. Like, they were confused. Like, yo, 
That is one of the coolest themes in wrestling history. When that shit hit, I was like, oh, Chucky, Chucky, quack, quack. On some Booker T shit, right? Really cool interactions also from uh, Roman Reigns and John Cena to end the show. Roman Reigns saying that if he is no longer champion after SummerSlam, if he loses that title at SummerSlam, he will leave the WWE. That kind of like told me right there that Roman Reigns is going to win. I don't think they needed that step. But, I mean, still it didn't take away the excitement going into that match. That was the match I look forward to the most at SummerSlam. But we're going to get into SummerSlam in a little bit. Once the 10 o'clock hour hit here on the East Coast. And SummerSlam, I mean not SummerSlam, SmackDown went off the air. I put on TNT. And AEW Rampage started right away, and it started out hot. Because the first thing we see on AEW Rampage was the rumors being answered. We got the return of CM Punk. Now, I want to talk about this for a while now. CM Punk returning here felt right. It felt right. CM Punk got a huge pop. Quite possibly the biggest pops that I've ever heard. It was huge. Right? Some notes that I took down. CM Punk definitely looks like he's in a really good place. He seems very happy to be back in the wrestling business. So everyone was, oh, he hates wrestling. No, he doesn't hate wrestling. Stop that. Uh, He really showed that he was grateful for his fans. He definitely seems like he's in a good place, like I said, and very happy. He, uh, the, The line about him saying that he left... The WW, well, he left wrestling, professional wrestling in 2005 when he left Ring of Honor. And he returns to professional wrestling in 2021, totally canceling out everything that he did in the WWE and everything the WWE did to him was very telling. You know, he, he didn't slander the WWE. He didn't come out and talk shit about the WWE. He just is not going to put any mind or pay attention to the negativity of his career. And that's, that's really cool. Because this is like a new punk. This is a rejuvenized punk. Why even dwell on why he left? You know, it was very telling when he said that for anyone that was disappointed with my personal decisions, just understand that I couldn't go back to the place that got me sick in the first place, right? That was very telling. CM Punk giving away the ice cream bars, that was fucking awesome. Like, there's so many parts of this. Like, this is one of the most historic moments to ever happen in wrestling, let alone AEW history. This is the biggest moment in AEW history, right? It was very emotional. There was people crying in the crowd. CM Punk was crying himself. There was... It just felt like the prodigal son came home, you know? The prodigal son came home. CM Punk wasted no time when he... uh when he called out Darby Allen, he said that Darby Allen is into doing a lot of crazy, dangerous shit, and there's nothing more dangerous than fighting CM Punk. More than that, there's nothing more dangerous than fighting CM Punk in Chicago, and he says that he will answer the challenge. He wants Darby Allen at All Out on September 5th in Chicago at the Now Arena. That's going to be a great match. Really cool matchup for CM Punk in his first match back. 
Um, I can't wait to see what he does. I can't wait to see how he is still in shape. I want to see if uh, there's any ring rust. I'm sure there's going to be ring rust, but like, how much is it? I want to see how motivated he is. If he added anything to his repertoire, if he brings anything back, if you remember when CM Punk was in Ring of Honor, his finishing move was the Pepsi Plunge, which is a pedigree from the top rope. Does he still do that? Of course, he couldn't do that in WWE because Triple H was like, oh, that's uh, my move. Uh, step away, skinny fat guy. Uh. Now, there ain't no Triple H's to answer to, right? So CM Punk could do whatever the fuck he wants. After the show, there was a press conference, um, a media scrum, I should say, and CM Punk was saying, he was indulging how, you know, he was in talks with Tony Khan and AEW for a while. Uh, The pandemic happened, so he definitely wanted to return in front of a crowd. He was saying that, you know, he took the wait-and-see approach with AEW. He has no bad blood with anyone in AEW. He said that, you know, I'm guessing he's talking about, like, the Coke Banners and shit. He doesn't have any issues with anybody, so it's it's really cool, and I can't wait to see what's to come with CM Punk and AEW because it feels like, like I said, the prodigal son is home, and he's not going to be creatively stifled anymore. He's going to have, uh, I guess, a hand in his storylines, which is really cool because the guy's a real creative guy. This was just an awesome, awesome moment. I can't talk about it enough. It was about 20 minutes that felt like five it it just flew by. And at the end of the promo, I'm thinking to myself, shit, we still got a wrestling show to do, right? It, it was so, like, captivating that I could not even... I didn't even realize that so much time went by. It was that captivating. And if you haven't seen this, go out of your way to see it. Because it is one of the great moments in wrestling history. So you definitely want to see this. As soon as Cult of Personality started playing in that arena that crowd went ballistic it was huge CM Punk was also announced that he will be on Dynamite this Wednesday in Milwaukee don't want to miss out on that so like I said we still have a wrestling show to talk about we had three matches from here we had a really good promo with Christian Cage and the Jurassic Express This led to the Jurassic Express versus Private Party in the first round of the Tag Team Tournament Eliminator. The Jurassic Express got a huge pop. That that song, uh, Tarzan Boy, gets huge pops everywhere they go. Jurassic Express picks up the victory. We had a squash match scene between Jade Cargill and Kira Hogan. Uh, Jade Cargill picks up the victory there. I wanted to see that match get a lot more time. I am a fan of both. I understand why it couldn't. We still had a main event to do, and it's only an hour show, and CM Punk took about 20 minutes for the promo, so you're only dealing with 40 minutes for three matches, and you had a couple promos in between, and you had to take a consideration commercial break, so I understand why that match didn't go as long. As, I don't know if time got cut, but that match obviously didn't go as long as possible, and I would love to see Kira Hogan back here in AEW and have them run it back because I think it will be a good matchup. Main event, we had Daniel Garcia, a.k.a. Red Death with 2.0. He goes against, wow, thang, John Moxley. John Moxley and Daniel Garcia had about, like, seven minutes here, and that was a really good seven-minute match. They packed in a lot of shit. Daniel Garcia looked really good with a submission-based wrestling. John Moxley with his hard-hitting strong style. Like I said, for seven minutes, they packed in a lot of shit. In the end, John Moxley wins with the... Uh, 
with the Bulldog Choke. 2.0 attacks. This leads to Sting and Darby Allen making the save. And the show goes off the air with Sting, Darby Allen, John Moxley, and Eddie Kingston all standing tall. Really, really cool matchup. Really, really cool event. This match was, well, this whole show, I give it a strong, strong, strong 5 out of 5. Because even if there was no other matches, even if this was just a 30-minute show and 30 minutes was taken up by CM Punk, this was one of the greatest moments in wrestling history. One of the biggest pops in wrestling history. One of the most feel-good moments. It answered a lot of questions. CM Punk does have passion for, for, for professional wrestling. He just doesn't have passion for the WWE. CM Punk seemed like he was returning home to a place that he'd never even been in before. This was just an amazing, amazing moment. So that matched in with three really good matches. You have yourself a perfect show in front of the perfect crowd on the perfect night. It was just amazing. Everything just was perfectly done. If I could say perfect five more times, I fucking will. Because this was the stars aligning. Everything just was great or perfect. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Saturday because we had a super stack Saturday. We're talking all about SummerSlam when we come back. And then later on in the show, of course, we'll be getting to NXT TakeOver 36. New champions crowned. And one hell of a show. And some questions being asked leaving that show. So we're going to talk all about that when we come back. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to get into SummerSlam live from Alliant Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. So, going into the SummerSlam, there was a lot of speculations on how the WWE was going to answer the whole CM Punk shit going down. Because SummerSlam is the number two pay-per-view in the WWE calendar. And going into the show... 
all the hype and all the buzz was for the competition because everybody was talking about AEW. Everyone was talking about CM Punk. So, how is the WWE going to answer back? They have a stadium pack of rabid wrestling fans. How are they going to answer back? And whether these things were and these plans were in the making for months or weeks ahead of time, it still was an answer back to what happened the night before. So let's get into SummerSlam. There was a lot of surprises, a lot of good wrestling, and some not-so-good wrestling. And we're going to talk all about that right now. SummerSlam took place from Alliant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. Packed the house. 50,000 people. 50,000 people. Really, really cool visual to see a stadium once again packed out. We're going to get into it right now. The show starts off hot. RK Bro versus AJ Styles and Omos. This matchup, I wish got more time because it was a sprint, not a marathon. It went about seven minutes. I really thought that they could have gave these two teams more time and they could have really had something special here. Now, I know the feud is probably going to continue between these two teams, but in the end of the day, SummerSlam is a feud ender, just like WrestleMania is. So I don't think it would have hurt to have this match go about like 15 minutes. There was a lot of shit on this show that wasted time. A lot of filler on this show. So why not give a match like this the proper respect it deserves? These guys, you got Randy Orton, AJ Styles. Forget forget Riddle and Omos for a second, you know. In the world of the main roster WWE, they're still two rookies, right? Now, I know they're not. I know Riddle's been around the world. I know Riddle's a world-class athlete. But in the world of the main roster casual fans, they're still two rookies. But who's not rookies is a former Grand Slam champion in AJ Styles and a former 14-time champion in Randy Orton. They couldn't get more time? Nonetheless, what they did fit in in the five to seven minutes that they had was really cool. We have new tag team champions. Team RK Bro, Randy Orton, and Matt Riddle is now your new tag team champions. We next get Alexa Bliss and Lily versus Eva Marie. I wasn't feeling this shit at all. Like I said, I am done, 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 the done, done, the done, done, done. With the whole Alexa Bliss and Lily and Possessions and the Alexa's Playground. And, you know, even this feud with Eva Marie ain't doing shit. Like, at least if you have a gimmick like that, at least put them with, like, in a feud in a fucking, you know, something that's going to make me interested. It wasn't this. This ain't it, Chief. Alexa Bliss picks up the victory. We got Damian Priest versus Sheamus. Now, this was an amazing, amazing matchup. Like... I really enjoyed Sheamus versus Damian Priest. There was a couple times in this match where I thought that it was going to be over and Damian Priest was going to lose, but there was a lot of near falls and a lot of false finishes here, and Damian Priest definitely made himself look like a star. I was a fan of this. Him and Sheamus just tore the house down, and Damian Priest is your new United States champion, his first singles title on the main roster. Really, really cool. And the reason why I'm calling it the main roster now is because NXT is once again a developmental. We'll get to that later. 
anyway, we got the Usos versus the Mysterios. This is a storyline that I kind of lost. Uh, I lost interest in a little bit. You know, I'm not talking shit about a team about the Usos. I'm not talking shit about a legend like Rey Mysterio. Big fan of the Usos. Big fan of Rey Mysterio. The inclusion of Dominic, I understand what they're doing, but Dominic, he just doesn't do it for me. He doesn't seem like he has it yet, and that's fine. He's still fresh. He's still new. He could definitely develop into a great talent. This is just not him yet. So throwing him into these big money-making matches, you're kind of forced to deliver, so when you don't, it doesn't come off right, you know? Usos beat the Mysterios here. Now, this is where people got... One of the answers of a big return for the WWE side. But I think it was so poorly executed. And we're going to talk about that right now. So Bianca Belair comes out. She's set to have a match with Sasha Banks. But it is announced by Greg Hamilton that Sasha Banks, for unforeseeable reasons, isn't able to compete tonight. So instead, it will be Bianca Belair versus Carmella. The crowd boos the shit out of Carmella. They wanted to see Becky Lynch, right? Everyone's chanting, we want Becky. I'm, I'm on uh, Wrestling Inc.'s comment section. Everyone's like, wow, the WWE just fucked up. You know, they could have had Becky Lynch, right? Carmella and Bianca Belair stared down. And before the match even starts, boom, big surprise, right? Oh, 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 oh. all right, sorry. Big surprise, Becky Lynch returns. She's back from her maternity leave. Big, big surprise, right? I'm marking. I'm like, hey, you know, she looks good. Becky Lynch looks uh, like she's in good shape. She looks like she's ready to, you know, be back in the business. Becky Lynch comes out. She takes out Carmella. You know, she goes outside, hits some weak uh, jabs, throws her into the steps that looked really poor. And then Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch agree to have a women's title match impromptu right there. And right then, right? And, yeah. Becky Lynch punches Bianca Belair to start off the match. Then grabs her in whatever that move is. It looks like a rock bottom. Some Uranagi. I think she calls it the manhandle or some shit like that. And just like that. After 25 seconds. One, two, three. Becky Lynch beats Bianca Belair for the women's champion. Now, this pissed me off. So poorly executed. See, I'm not mad at Bianca Belair losing the title. Because I'm a big Bianca Belair fan, but I'm not mad at her losing to Becky Lynch. But to not even give Bianca Belair a matchup, to have her lose with a punch and a urinagi, just so you could have the big pop for Becky Lynch, just so you could have her win the title, you couldn't give them a match? Now, maybe Becky Lynch wasn't able to have a full-length match because she just came back. But even then, you couldn't do anything else? Like, you're really going to play out Bianca Belair after she won you a fucking ESPY award for her match and her title reign and her title victory? She won a fucking ESPY award and you have her job out with two moves in 20 seconds? Just so you can say, oh, look, not only is Becky Lynch back, but she's also the champion. It didn't need to be done like that. Why couldn't they have a match? Why couldn't they at least go five minutes? 
Becky's been busting her ass in the gym. We see that. She can't go five minutes. Because here's the thing. If she can't go five minutes, then why the fuck is she champion? Why put the title on her if she can't go? Why put the title on her if she can't wrestle, if she still has rust? Why do that? If you were trying to protect Becky Lynch and you needed to protect her, why put the title on her? Why not have her come out? Have a face-to-face showdown with Beck, with uh, with Bianca Belair. Have them brawl, and then things get out of control. There's a pull-apart. Match is thrown out. And then at the next pay-per-view, we got Becky versus Bianca Belair. Why not? This seemed like a way to write off Bianca Belair off TV, even though it's not. It just did not make sense. And I wasn't a fan. And then from there, we go into... McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal, which I could care less about. I, I've been saying it every week. I do not care about McIntyre and Jinder Mahal. McIntyre picks up the victory. Please, 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 WWE, no more of this shit. Please. Next, we got a really good women's... They had to do something good with the women on this fucking show because it wasn't Becky Lynch winning. We had a really good triple threat matchup. I thought it was the match of the night so far at this point. It was Nikki A.S.H. versus Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. Really good matchup. Nikki Cross, well, Nikki A.S.H. definitely showing a lot of heart in this matchup. Charlotte hitting that crazy-ass corkscrew to the outside was a really cool moment. I love when she pulls that out. Um, Yeah, big victory here. Charlotte is once again your women's champion. We got Edge versus Seth Rollins next. Edge starts out with the Brood entrance. He comes out to the Brood music and through the fire pit, which was really, really cool. Then it goes to his, you know, classic theme song, the, you think you know me. On this day, I see clearly. You know that shit. All right, so then we uh, have a really, really, really good matchup between Edge and Seth Rollins. This matchup tore the house down. Now, this... Now, after Charlotte and the uh, Nikki A.S.H. and Ripley match, I thought that was the match of the night. Quickly, this became the match of the night. Really, really good, amazing matchup. Great chemistry between the two guys. Edge pulled out a lot of moves that he hasn't see- we haven't seen in a long time, like the Educator and the Execution. In the end, Edge picks up the victory. He hits the massive spear on uh, Seth Rollins. One, two, three. Really, really, really good matchup. We next get a lame-ass snooze fest between Goldberg and Lashley. Uh, Goldberg and Lashley, I expected more. All that hype. You guys got me to be interested into the match when you guys were selling it on Raw. I was talking shit about this match before it was official. Then I became interested after the promos by Lashley and Goldberg and his son being involved. But then I realized, once again, I have to realize what we got here. We got an old man Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley, and it was just that. It was a lame-ass match. Bobby Lashley kept on taking out Goldberg's leg, and about five minutes in, it was a referee stoppage because Goldberg couldn't answer the 10 count because his leg hurt. Then... Lashley continues to attack uh, Goldberg after the match until Gage, Bill Goldberg's son, comes out, 15 years old. Lashley puts Gage in the hurt lock, and that's it. 
That that's that's the WWE Championship match at SummerSlam. Thank God this wasn't the main event, or I would have fucking flipped because the main event was actually a really good matchup. John Cena versus Roman Reigns. I enjoyed it, even though Roman Reigns basically destroyed John Cena for most of this matchup. In the end, Roman Reigns is still your universal champion. And the big moment here is after the matchup, Brock Lesnar returns. Ponytail and all, Brock Lesnar is back. So all the rumors and innuendo of him signing with somewhere else is not true. He is here in the WWE. The feud we've been wanting to see, again, I guess... You know, there's a different dimension on it, right? I usually would be pissed if they go back to Roman and Brock, but there's a different dimension here because now Roman is the heel and he has Paul Heyman on his side, so I understand. Brock Lesnar got a pop like no other. Well, CM Punk got a bigger pop than that before, but anyway, Brock Lesnar got a big-ass pop. Roman Reigns retreats. Then after the cameras went off the air, Brock Lesnar attacks John Cena, hits him with the suplex, and then the F5. SummerSlam was a mixed bag for me. I give it a 3 out of 5 because there was enough good for me to enjoy, but a lot of bullshit. Shit that I didn't talk about was The Miz and Morrison wasting time here, and then you had Xavier Woods coming out and soaking them with a fucking water gun. Like, who cares? You have that on this show, but you don't give time to AJ Styles and Omos versus Orton and Riddle. Like, what the fuck? You have... Time to waste with Miz and Morrison, but you don't have time to actually give Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair a real matchup. I don't get it. I don't get it. But what was good was really good, and what was bad was horrible. So that was SummerSlam 2021, the tale of two shows. For everybody who seen Becky Lynch return, now I'm hyped for Becky Lynch's return. Like I hope she does do good. But for everybody who's seen Becky Lynch's return and Brock Lesnar's return and said, CM who? Wow, WWE stole the spotlight from CM Punk. How do you figure? We seen Brock Lesnar a year ago. We seen Becky Lynch a year ago. How do you figure? How do you figure that Becky Lynch coming back from maternity leave and Brock Lesnar coming back from a year hiatus because he didn't want to wrestle in front of no fans is bigger than CM Punk coming back after almost eight years almost a decade coming back to a different company in front of his hometown and saying that he is back in professional wrestling how do you figure that I don't know anyway when we come back we're going to be talking about NXT TakeOver 36 Multiple title changes on this show. Really good episode. Well, episode. It felt like an episode because they they were in the fucking uh, Capital Wrestling Center. You would think that they would do a little bit more than just put a big 3-6 in the entranceway. But anyway, really good show here. I'm going to talk about it when we come back. So stay tuned. We're going to be talking about NXT TakeOver. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy 
as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to end things off here talking about Sunday's NXT TakeOver 36. Now, this was the probably the last time we see an NXT TakeOver the way that we know and love it now, right? So Nick Khan was on Ariel Hawani's show, and he had an interview saying that there will be NXT changes being implemented from the look and feel of the show starting this week. So we're going to see what the new NXT entails, but the era of NXT and what we see here with this takeover and being very indie-rific may be over. But if so, this was an excellent show to have the coup de grace for NXT. This was a really good show. Felt like an episode of NXT TV, I'm not going to lie, because they were in the Capitol Wrestling Center, and you know the takeovers used to feel bigger and badder than what you would see on TV. Nonetheless, of the setting, this was a great, great show, and I'm going to be talking all about it right now. So let's get into it. Opening matchup, we had Rich Holland versus Trey Baxter. Rich Holland picks up the victory here. That was on the pre-show. Nothing to write home about. First matchup on the main show, we got Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight. The winner of this matchup not only wins the million dollar championship, but if LA Knight wins, the Cameron Grimes is free of his butler duties, but Ted DiBiase would have to be LA Knight's butler. Cameron Grimes got a huge pop, right? And I love it. I say it every week. He's become an organic baby face that the crowd got behind, and it's so cool to see. Cameron Grimes picks up the victory here. He defeats the evil LA Knight. And he is now your million dollar champion. Really cool title change here. Next we have the women's title matchup. It is Raquel Gonzalez versus Dakota Kai. Raquel Gonzalez picks up the victory. Dakota Kai loses. This is a okay matchup, right? I, I didn't really get too much into it. NXT UK champion. Ilya... Dragunov versus Walter. Now, Walter going into this matchup was the champion for over 860 days, which is a freaking rarity in nowadays in professional wrestling. You don't see, like, I think right now the longest title run is probably Nick Aldis and the NWA championship title reign that he has. But even Nick Aldis didn't wrestle during the pandemic. Nick Aldis 
has a lot less title defenses for that NWA champion than Walter has for his NXT UK champion. Walter acts... He, he absolutely personified what NXT UK is and was, and he was a fucking beast out of a champion. But we have a new champion. Ilya Dragunov defeated and conquered the ring general in what was a hard-hitting, stiff matchup that lived up to the hype of their last matchup. This rematch, I believe, was even better than their last matchup. This match was absolutely insane. I can't even go into the spots. Ilya Dragunov took a fucking beating. Even after the match, you saw how his fucking back and his chest was welted and red and looked like hamburger meat. Walter just destroyed Ilya Dragunov, but it wasn't enough to kill Ilya Dragunov because Ilya Dragunov is now your NXT UK champion. He ended the world title reign of Walter. This was a great, great matchup. This could have been the main event. It could have been the main event on any show, on any company. It would have held up and delivered. It was a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal matchup. And I can't talk about how much I love this match. Go out of your way to see Ilya Dragunov and Walter because you're going to be in for a treat. Their matchup during the pandemic was a five-star matchup. This one was a five-star matchup. It was just amazing. After Dragunov and Walter, we had the two out of three falls match between Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, Bebe. And this was okay. The first fall was given to Kyle O'Reilly pretty quickly in their standard match. Then Adam Cole won uh, the street fight between him and O'Reilly. And then it came down to the cage match. And it felt like this match was being rushed. It definitely felt rushed. This I thought this could have been the main event. I thought this match really could have went 30, 35, 40 minutes sometimes. It didn't. It went about 15, 20. The cage match barely was a cage match. But in the end, after Adam Cole handcuffed Kyle O'Reilly, Kyle O'Reilly was still able to get a heel hook on Adam Cole, and Adam Cole taps out. And there you have it. The undisputed end to this undisputed feud is Kyle O'Reilly He defeats Adam Cole once and for all. And the crowd's not happy. The crowd's chanting bullshit. It was reported afterwards that this is the last that we see of Adam Cole in NXT. Now, this leads to a lot of questions because the last we heard, Adam Cole was offered a WWE contract that he's still yet to sign. So I guess maybe we see either tonight on Raw or on SmackDown on Friday whether Adam Cole does sign. And shows up on the main roster? Or does Adam Cole go into free agency and sign with a company like AEW? That's a lot of questioning coming out of this show. So, if Adam Cole does sign and he's on the main roster, what what do they have for him? What's his spot, right? Will Adam Cole be respected to the caliber and treated like the wrestler that Adam Cole is? Especially coming out of the news and... Uh, what's called the rumors that WWE wants to cater more towards 6'5", 250 pounders, something that Adam Cole is not. Or does Adam Cole go to AEW, where his friends, the Young Bucks, where his fiance Britt Baker is, where they just have all this hype right now because of the return of CM Punk? Does he go to AEW? 
it's going to be very telling to see what's the next moves for Adam Cole because right now, no one knows. But one thing that is for certain is you're not going to see Adam Cole no longer on NXT. And that's a big blow to NXT. Because we're probably not going to see Karrion Cross on NXT either. There's been a lot of releases for NXT. And now going forward, NXT lacks star power. And that seems to be the direction that the WWE wants to go in. Because they want NXT to be a developmental. Nick Khan talked about it on Ariel Hawani's show that he wants the WWE to be a developmental. Well, the NXT to be a WWE developmental. So, with that being said, a lot of these veterans are going to be either moving on or moving out. And Adam Cole is one of them. But this wasn't the last match on the show. The main event was Samoa Joe versus Karrion Cross for the NXT champion. Something that was really interesting was Scarlett Bardot was not with Karrion Cross. And Karrion Cross was here solo. Him and Joe had an okay matchup. Cool to see Samoa Joe back in the ring. This is his first match in a while. Samoa Joe looked like he hasn't missed a step. And him and Karrion Cross had a okay matchup. In the end. Samoa Joe is your new NXT champion, which a lot of people saw coming, being that Karrion Cross is now on the main roster. There was people chanting Hardy at Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross has been ruined. Even on NXT, he has been ruined. Until they bring Scarlet back, until they give him his character back, until they give him his aura back, all people care about, they were chanting, we want Scarlet and Jeff Hardy at Karrion Cross. WWE fumbled a star. Because Karrion Cross does have the size. Karrion Cross does have the f- the physique. He does have the character. He does have the aura. And like that, the WWE ruined it all, and now no one takes Karrion Cross serious. They have to give this guy his heat. They have to give him some heat, because right now, it's not there. Samoa Joe is your new NXT champion. He is now a three-time champion. The only man to ever hold that title three times. Really, really cool for Samoa Joe. I'm a huge Samoa Joe fan, so I thought this was awesome to see him come back out of retirement, win that title in a really, not retirement, from return from in-ring, uh, being away from his in-ring uh, wrestling and winning that NXT title. Really cool. But, yeah, this show was a really good show. Off of the Dragunov and Walter match alone, I give it a 4 out of 5. Samoa Joe and Cameron Cross was a good match, not great. And I thought... Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole could have got a lot more time. I enjoyed this show. It's going to be really interesting to see what's going to happen for the future of NXT, the look of NXT, and the feel of NXT. They are taping, I believe, today and tomorrow for the next set. There's no more live NXT shows, so that whole feeling of anything can happen is gone. And we're going to see what goes down. But the wrestling world has been changed this weekend. With the returns of CM Punk. With the returns of Brock Lesnar and Becky Lynch. With the new feel of NXT. With the undefeated Walter falling to Ilya Dragunov. It's going to be interesting to see 
what's going to go down here in the future for professional wrestling as a whole. But me, right now, I am invested, and I can't wait to see what's next. So, make sure you tune in tomorrow to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. We'll be talking about last night, well, tonight's Monday Night Raw. We'll be giving you the rundown of what we'll see at NXT and a whole lot more. So, make sure you tune in tomorrow. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod, on TikTok, and on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, and on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that like, comment below. We appreciate all the love and support. Thank you so much for all our fans. Without you, there is no us. Stay safe, stay strong, stay positive. One love. We'll catch you tomorrow here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Take care, y'all. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 